also one of my favorite shots in this episode is this man goes from a fucking shit to just because he heard music playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he heard his piano playing. Just, he went from taking a fatty shatty to going and seeing what was going on. My piano's more important than my pants. Yes. <laughs> I love that shot. That shot was hilarious. What's up, everyone? Welcome in to Anime Plus episode 53. Hopefully, you're having an incredible day, whatever day you are watching or listening to this podcast. Malik's Light with Sparky3. Uh, no Josh again this week, and Josh also won't be on 54. Uh, he'll be back on 55, which is going to come out in a few weeks as we are taking a scheduled break after 54. So he'll be back on 55. Have a good time there. But as always, I do have Zach here in studio. Zach, buddy, how you feeling this wonderful Thursday? I'm doing good. I'm expecting Josh to come back with a nice pirate montage of stuff with him gone so long true quite a build up of one piece episodes that we may or may not all cover <laughs> we'll see it depends on how much he wants to cover i would i would say no i feel like that'd be too much build up you know too much backlog in my opinion but i don't know we'll see whatever he wants to do i guess but i'm also kind of i am very excited to potentially hear some of his thoughts on some of these new fall series as well like platinum in possibly stopping on if he checks that out um what other new ones do we have that we could potentially check out? Uh, build divide. Yeah, build divide. Talk op. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious if that if talk op's gonna get the same treatment as to your eternity, where he watches five minutes and then drops it for like seven episodes before he picks it up. It's quite possible. <laughs> Knowing Josh, that's entirely possible. Yes, yes. Well, for this episode, uh, as always, we have our normal anime chats with all these latest fall seasons. Uh, I We do have episode one of Sokka on here that I did check out. Now, episode two is out today. It comes out on the day we record. I didn't get around to watching it. Plus, with it being the first time I'm reviewing, I kind of only wanted to do episode one. Next week, I'll probably just do, I'm, I may kind of glaze over two and then just kind of focus on three if I, I fit into my schedule. Those episodes that come out on work days is the worst. I hate those. Those those irritate the piss out I'll of me. I get you, especially with Platinum Ends, and it doesn't I come know. out to like three on Crunchyroll. Yeah, that, and that annoys the shit out of me. So if it's like a long Thursday for me, and I, I didn't get a chance to watch Suck On like at work during the day, whatever, yeah. and I come home, Platinum Ends taking priority, and I'll just be a week behind on Suck On every week. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, Platinum Ends is going to take priority, because Platinum Ends, I am really enjoying two episodes in. But yeah, it coming out at three o'clock is... Uh, that's a killer, man. I am not a fan of that one. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that one at all. Uh, if you could, go follow us at Twitter, at Anime Podcast. We'd appreciate that. Go check out our other podcasts like Loudhearted Gamers, a terrible football show, talking about movies and stuff. We've got some good stuff going on there. And lastly, if you want to support us further, Patreon is a great way to do so. Patreon.com forward slash Sparky3. Shout out to Andy, our tier one patron. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, before we actually jump into it, Zach, uh, you got anything on your mind that we need to chat about? Anything interesting happen? Anything interesting we need to talk about? You know, actually something interesting today, because oh, okay. since the whole Crunchyroll being acquired by um, Sony, right? Yeah, Sony, correct. Crunchyroll has been slowly adding uh, uh, adding to their catalog, mm-hmm. older series, and I about lost my sh- shit and started laughing when in the middle of the day, around like noon or so, I saw on Crunchyroll... Um, posted the entire series of Gravitation. The the whole series. Yeah, it's not a long it. series. It's just 24 episodes plus two OVA episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they had the movie, though, on there. Um, yeah, it was just funny to me because Gravitation is just one of those weird series I watched way back when mm-hmm. that 
was like one of my first romance series and had no idea going into it. It was a BL series and sort of it happened and I just sort of accepted it and continued watching it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Was that the only one that you noticed they added? They had more? They had like a, was there like a big drop of content today? Well, it wasn't like a big drop because they've been releasing stuff since I think like a week or two after they were acquired by Sony. Okay. I guess because I'm pretty sure several of these series are owned have licenses with Funimation, I mm-hmm. think. I would have to double-check on that, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just been... Uh, they've been releasing older series on there, um, both the dubbed and sub versions, so... Gotcha. And it's just, like, whole series bulk. Gotcha. Uh, I, I will say one thing involving uh, Platinum Inn and Sakugan, because I noticed this earlier. Uh, when I was watching Platinum Inn, um, I noticed Crunchyroll randomly, like, my, my it randomly fucked up on me where my subtitles completely disappeared. Like, it doesn't matter if I went back for it. I'd, like, completely close the app, restart it, whatever, to get it back up. And I guess Crunchyroll is just having problems because I initially was going to attempt to watch Sakugan Episode 2, mm-hmm. and I vetoed it for two reasons. Number one, like I said, it's it'd be my first time talking about it. I kind of just wanted to do the first one. And number two, I like right when I was about to like try to watch it, I was going first off, don't do this. Don't 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 do what I did, people. I was watching anime while driving home. Uh, keep in mind it's a straight line that I'm driving here. So when around the time when I tried to watch it, I was going through like a really rough service patch. I was like, eh, fuck it, whatever. I started reading some of the comments for episode two, and everyone said the same thing that like the, apparently like the subtitles that was initially on the upload was like subtitles from a completely different fucking anime. <laughs> like, it wasn't even Soccer God, apparently. Everyone was just like, come on, Kurtra, I don't pay money for this shit. And like multiple people were saying, it's like, this is literally subtitles from a different show. That's funny. So I had my issue where they disappeared and apparently Soccer God had a worse issue. <laughs> I imagine that's very disorienting. Like the show starts and all of a sudden it's just like, Naruto, where are you? Or whatever. It's just like, what the fuck? This is, what, what is going on? That's almost as bad as just Sun Dub. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think different subtitles are a bit worse because now you're hearing a language and you don't know what's going on other than some other series yeah. plot that you may or may not know and may just have to throw a spoiler in there for you. Yeah, like you just don't even know what they're talking about. It, it, it was it was kind of wild and interesting to me. That'd be sort of funny for like some people like um, a girl I know. She's actually watching uh, Shippuden for the first time ever. Okay. So it'd be funny like getting that and just in the middle of a different series just suddenly announcing pain in his backstory. Oh yeah. In the yeah. Of that. For someone who's never having to watch the footage, just ruining that entire plot or having them. What, who the heck is pain? Yeah. Right. Just completely confused. Oh no. Crunchyroll has got to get their shit together. I guess both those episodes, of course, dropped today. So yeah. It was just some fresh. Cause like I, when I, when I checked out platinum in was probably like five minutes after it launched. Gotcha. And I don't know about the sock gun issues. Every comment that I saw was like from five hours ago when I tried to watch it, it seemed fine, but I was just like, I'll give it a day or two make, <laughs> just to make sure, as I don't know. Um, so last week, um, I did talk about Digimon Ghost Game and Move All Alternative. I have not watched the episode twos for those. Uh, for Digimon, I kind of don't have a ton of motivation. Like, I know I initially said I would give it the second episode try for the sake of the show, basically. But, like, I really didn't have motivation this past weekend to turn it on. Now, Move Love, I do want to watch second episode. I just did not have time this week. It was a very hectic week. Hopefully, I'll, I'll check out at least Move Love going into next week, see what goes on, pick up from the very just like the brutal demise that was episode one that kind of pulled me into the show. Digimon. Yeah. Di- I mean, it's Digimon. You know what I mean? Like, I understand. Like, it's an interesting concept, but the it's whole. It's supposed to be horror, but yeah, the it's horror, still Digimon. It's still Digimon at the end of the day. So it's just like, 
I'll, I'll check it out eventually, I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll pick it back up. But uh, Demon Slayer Season 2 did begin. Uh, season 2, Episode 1, which is an anime original before we start the uh, Mugen Train arc, which will run from Episodes 2 to 7. And if you have not checked out Anime Plus News, please do so. So you can see all the latest and greatest going on in the anime manga industry. Um, as I said in those, like my take on what this train arc is going to be is I think this train arc is going to be very good. I think it's going to be better than the movie. I like the way I described it in anime and plus news was like, you have two different sides here when it comes to anime movies being adapted into the show. You have dragon ball fans and then you have Naruto fans because resurrection F and battle of gods, fantastic movies, horrible anime arcs, absolutely terrible. I will die on this hill and as will everyone else in the, in the fandom basically. But the Boruto movie, I will die on this hill that while the movie is good, the arc is better. And for Demon Slayer, I think it's going to be the same thing. And I feel like this anime original episode, you know, just kind of focusing on Rengoku, uh, focusing on the train that he is kind of investigating. There is another demon that was aboard the train. That's not the demon that we know from the movie. This demon is known as the slasher. So he's just doing general investigations. Like the, you know, the train is currently in maintenance. It is set to go back on the rails tomorrow. You know, he's doing just general, like, okay, what's the deal? What's going on? There's a, demon let's figure out the demon thing of course we have this trademark delicious at multiple points in this episode shout out to that you know he gets some nice bento boxes that he buys from a very nice uh young uh very nice elderly grandmother and uh granddaughter that runs a bento shop uh which when it came when it comes to that it all kind of comes full circle towards the end of the episode when he saves them from the slasher because the slasher is at the train station slasher gets away he's fast as shit and then you see rengoku is fast as shit just like we saw in the movie when you saw him zip zop zoop zopping around uh and he saves this uh this grandmother and the granddaughter and the grandmother's like having a flashback of rengoku's father like and it was really cool where it was like a step-by-step. Step. Every every motion Rengoku was making as he's like doing his initial breathing to pulling out the sword, it kept going back and forth between Rengoku and his father because she's seeing Rengoku and she thinks Rengoku's the same one that saved, that saved her 20 years ago. Gotcha. Um, because, you know, Rengoku's father saved her and that granddaughter when she was still a baby 20 years ago. And she thinks Rengoku's that person. Rengoku's like, oh, no, that must have been my father. Then yeah. does the old lady go, here, take my daughter? No, no, not that. But she does offer him a free bento and then he tries to pay for it. And she says, no, take the bento. And he's just like, okay, I'll take this, but I'll buy everything else you have in your hand. And he bought like 50 bentos, which is the bentos we see him eating on the train. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. He bought, he bought it from them and he's chowing and he, that, yes, that's why, which I do. I did enjoy that for that tying of the knot there. Um, but, uh, I mean, overall, it's just an enjoyable episode. If you're a Rengoku fan, you would enjoy this episode. I will say my hands-down favorite part of the episode, because of just, like, how comedic it was, was the very end when our main characters finally come in. And it's, like, it's like, like almost, like, after, it's, like, after credits. Yeah. So, it's, like, a different, like, kind of, like different art style and they're like all right we boarded the train cool you know i can't wait to meet rengoku i bet he's such a cool guy whatever blah blah it's like oh what what do the other pillars think of him and whatever and it's going one by one of everyone like talking like saying something about him you know where uh, like the the insect uh pillar she's like oh it's he's like the coolest older brother ever and everyone's just going through and then you get like some of like the like the hard ass characters like the wind pillar where he says something about him and then like once he finishes saying what he's says you stick a little love heart pop out of his mouth and says loves him and it's like you see giru and you're just like 
he talks to me a lot and it just pops up loves him <laughs> it just kept popping that up for different like like the heart like the snake like the snake one too same thing it just pops up loves him <laughs> and it's just like oh wow everyone loves Rengoku this is fantastic so that was really enjoyable that gave me a good laugh but I am excited for the start of the actual arc like I said I do think the arc is going to be actually better than the movie they've already kind of teased like you know new music which the, the score in Demon Slayer in general is fantastic mm-hmm. so the, you know teasing new music new scenes I would expect like the I would honestly expect the the main fight here with you know with Rengoku in our upper three I think it was I'm, I'm expecting their fight to be absolutely unbelievable like literally to the same level of how I compare Naruto and Sasuke versus Momoshiki because I thought I do think the arc fight is a lot better than the movie. I think so. I think that you know this fight that we're going to get for the train arc is going to be incredible. But no, seriously, if you're a Goku fan, definitely watch this episode. Don't skip it. Um, it it's worth a watch. It's very it's it's comedic. It's got everything that you would want uh, showcasing Rengoku and just his personality and just some really cool action scenes as well. Uh, so Zach, how is uh, how's Yashihime? Are, are you do you feel like you're getting closer to potentially dropping it, or is it still kind of keeping you? Yeah, I know we're only two episodes in, but you initially said you would give it like eh, maybe three episodes, see how it goes. How are you feeling about it so far with episode twenty six? Well, I feel like they have a much more structured story this time around. Because in no, that's good. Because <laughs> in the second episode of the season, um, it is sort of a little one shot of its own, its own little story going on where they have to deal with this. Uh, lady of the sea or whatnot and everything but it has actual bits and pieces of things that happened from the previous episode to carry on the main story like i forgot that at the end of the previous episode as um the blacksmith guy was leaving and setsuna was at was talking to him he's just like uh toa can't use a infused demon energy in a blade made by humans go find a yukon root and come see me and for whatever reason, Setsuna then decides that she can't let Toa fight without a weapon. And she's not going to mention the Yukon route at all to Toa. She's just going to go off to find it on her own, not tell Toa anything. And then Toa spends the episode going, Setsuna, where are you? Setsuna! Setsuna's just like an overprotective boyfriend. Or Toa's just an overprotective boyfriend of Setsuna. Because literally... There is not a scene where Toa does not mention Setsuna or have some imagery of Setsuna in some form or fashion. Jesus Christ. Like, it's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, every single scene. So Toa has really just become a super annoying character. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, she already kind of annoyed me. Like, once we got past, like, the episode five or six mark, I was starting to get kind of annoyed with the character, and that just really continues on. Well, it's not really that she's an annoying character itself. It's almost like they've chosen to do nothing with her at this time other than just be, well, she's worried about Setsuna at all times. Which and is that's, wild. Because and that's, that's her entire character. Which is wild because she's billed as the main character. Yeah. That's wild to me, but okay. Well, it's sort of leaning towards that. It's the demon princesses. <laughs> okay, as it should. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Setsuna ends up just running around looking for a Yukon route. Um... Morahad goes her own little fashion of trying to figure out um, to find information on who they need to go see to find a Yukon route. Because the blacksmith guy also mentioned somebody they can go talk to who might give them some um, information where they can find one. So Setsuna and Toa are, are not Toa. Setsuna and Morahad are doing that and keeping the story connected, and which leads them dealing with this sea demon lady with sort of this one shot. 
and then it sort of just throws it away. <laughs> I mean, there's a, it was an overall decent and everything in that it was still keeping with, there was points focusing on the main overall plot still, and then doing their own little one-off at the same time very well. But it, there's a whole moment where it goes in this sea serpent lady's backstory, which I could have cared less about in that, she saved a man. She loved him. When she went to go see him as a sea serpent, all the fishermen lost their shit and killed her. And the one man she loved was the one who dealt the final blow, which turned her pretty much into a Gorgon. And then she turned everyone to stone. And then it very hardly marks that don't stare at her. Don't stare at her. And it has a whole point of Morahan Setsuna. Anytime she looks at him, they purposely turn around. But the... Uh, but the one point, the Taniki guy, I forget his name at the moment, but the little raccoon dude that's traveling around with them. I don't remember his name either. Yeah, but yeah. They make him go into his large form and roll him as a moving wall, which is actually fairly entertaining, <laughs> of them using him as a barrier to block until he stops. And then they peek around him to look at her and just go, you've been spending this whole time not looking at her, and you literally just looked at her. <laughs> Your asses are stowed. <laughs> but of course not. The for whatever reason it only works whenever the lady activates her power it's not an all time thing and overall just evolves into a well we she's been uh, hurt so we don't want to kill her but we can't kill her because we also can't look at her then Toa shows up and puts on sunglasses like she's from uh, Miami like literally it has a whole shot where <laughs> Toa shows up with the demons with the other demon slayers and rolls up and they're just like and she's like, I'm going to deal with it. And like, how are you going to do that? I got this. Mirrored sunglasses. And just throws that out and it holds for a moment. I'm just like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's terrible. Then it just finishes the whole fight and everything. Setsuno realizes now she can apparently, with her new Naginata, can cut things that can't be cut. And it has a whole red string of fate thing. Do you know what that is? Red string of fate now. It's a whole um, Japanese thing of the people are tied to their true love by a red string of fate on their pinkies. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she can see that with the snake lady and the man she loved who's turned to stone, who somehow in all these years that have passed is still a perfect statue underneath the sea where exactly where they're fighting. So she dives down and grabs his ass and brings him up. And then it's happy ending. She turns back into a regular servant lady and dissolves because it's been forever she was technically dead and oh yeah Riku also showed up to help Toa because he's helping Toa because he loves Toa but he's staying in the shadows for whatever reason he's also gonna go find all the rainbow jewels again it never really explains that he just he shows up to meet someone at the beginning he's like I need to find the rainbow jewels then doesn't explain it then he just shows up where Toa and the others are and helps him wait so what happened to the rainbow jewels at the end of season one at the end, after Zero used them, uh, and Kieran Maru showed up, he showed up and um, told Zero to stop your shit, and then just threw them all in the dark directions, uh, okay. like they're Dragon Balls. Okay, Dragon Ball. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, you could have just said Dragon Ball. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah. All right, that makes a little more sense why he's trying to find them, I guess. But Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm particularly hopeful more for this season, because they're... They didn't just mention a whole plot line then just throw it away for a one-off. They actually kept bits of it interspersed throughout the one-off of constantly reminding you, hey, we are still trying to do this, but we got to do this to find out more about this. Right. 
Well, hopefully season two will be better. After season one was kind of just like a, a giant meme show of friendship. So, well, um, like I said, I checked out episode one of Sakugan. Um, very enjoyable. I will say a lot of the questions that Zach, you may develop or listeners may develop as I kind of like kind of a general breakdown. They have not been answered yet. Okay. Uh, which is all some same questions I had coming into the show. So they have not been answered yet, but obviously we are assuming they will over time. So the series does follow a nine year old named Mimimpa. And if you're a fan of the book, uh, suck on labyrinth maker or a fan of the manga that just started in August, I'm sorry if I offend you because I may just refer to her as meme a lot. Because it's, it's, her name is spelt with memes, uh, and I'm a child. So she may get called meme a lot, but it focuses on Mimimpa and her father, Gagumpa, um, where they are just, they're, they're minor. So as I've kind of just briefly described Wait, this. like you said she's nine years old, like as like a minor or minor? Minor, like <laughs> Minecraft. Okay. <laughs> Good catch. But yes, as an actual minor, like Minecraft. Thank you. I didn't. That, I wasn't even going to think about that. But anyway, so as I've kind of explained before, they this this series focuses on people living underground, basically shoulder to shoulder, and like these mining, you know, you know, mining cities or whatever. And like my questions coming into this is. Why are these people underground? What's wrong with the surface? Those are a couple of questions that, like, for example, don't get addressed in this first episode mm-hmm. that I'm assuming they will over over time. Another question I had is, what's the deal with the labyrinths? Again, not addressed here, but it's definitely this episode really hinted at that. I will say in terms of like the questions of what's wrong with the surface or whatever, why we're underground, that was like not addressed at all. So hopefully it does get addressed later. Because I'm because no one wants to think about the surface. Fuck yeah. the surface. We got labyrinths. Yeah. Screw that. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. The labyrinth is where it's at. So these two, um, you know, so in Mimimpa's case, she really wants to be a marker, which is a, which is a person that goes through the labyrinths to the unmarked territories and basically explores the labyrinths underground. Oh, I already hate that name. The marker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I already hate that name. You hate the marker. Why do you hate marker? Because literally, I mean, I guess, I guess I don't necessarily hate it. I just dislike how uninventive because they're literally. Oh, fair, fair. Because kind of like die sword, the sword of die. Yeah, no, I hate that shit too. <laughs> I actually do hate that one. Um, but her job title that she's wanting is just being a marker. Because, which I mean, I guess it works because it tells that she's gonna be. Um, mapping out the labyrinth, but at the same time, I'm just like, why? To explore what's down there, man. Get rich, find unique, whatever. You know, who knows? It's it's un- unmarked territories. So, <laughs> so I, she, you know, she's a genius, right? Like she's she's already graduated freaking college, like Senku. Yeah, like or would would she technically be smarter than Senku since Senku never technically graduated college? Fair point. Actually, that would be a good debate one day is who is more intelligent, her or Senku. Good debate. But she is nine years old and graduated college, so... My, and Senku's just an overly smart high schooler. Yeah, might have to give the edge to her a little bit. I mean, she's already graduated college and working. She's working in the mines. So wait, so wait. You think, so is pretty much natural, it's regular society just underground? Yeah, and that's what's, that's what's very interesting is because, like, the city they're living in, it's completely normal. Like... These people, like, they dress like what we would. They do things that, like, we would do. Like, this is a completely normal life, but it's just underground. 
in, in a big underground city and no one it doesn't get addressed and i'm oh, just, people I, i'm just like okay kind of interesting but whatever um so in the father's case he's uh, he's very anti her becoming a marker okay just because it's just like you're nine years old it's dangerous no and like he's he's like she constantly tries to play like escape games and basically run away from home and she and he has to go stop her and stuff that's literally how the episode started was her trying to make an escape and him stopping her and you know they're like a, 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 a father daughter like mining duo whatever they, they operate in the same mech together there's mm-hmm. they have friends that are, that are the same situation a father daughter duo that operates Wait, mechs yes they have mechs that do all the mining for them okay yeah they don't personally go swing the pickaxe they have actual mechs that that do all all of the actual mining because there's also kaijus in this and they need the mechs to protect them Yes, there are kaijus that live in the labyrinth, uh, which they use the mechs to battle them out with them. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the father, he's just kind of like, he's kind of like a loser in a way. Like he, you know, he kind of d- doesn't really do anything with his life, which she points out a lot that all the money he gets, he just spends going out drinking with his friends. Yeah. Yeah. Just living the life, you know, just kind of a bum. And she's trying to like do all these incredible things to be a marker, like most notably that she draws this picture of like, it almost looks like a field and there's like a large tower in it. And she says she keeps having dreams about this field and she, she fully believes it exists that she wants to find this. And then sure enough, which this is also was not explained. So don't ask, I don't have an answer. Uh, they got a package in the mail from who I do not know (laughs) that included a picture of that, of that thing that she's seen in her dreams, an actual picture. And it comes with a little orange gem and her and her and her and her friend, you know, kind of like mess with the gym a little bit. And they, you know, again, she's a freaking genius discover that the, the gym is actually kind of like a rough, it's a map. They shine a flashlight to it and it shows a map through different parts of the labyrinth. And she still wants to be a marker, you know, her, you know, the, the, their, their friend duo, you know, the other father mining duo, I'm drawing a blank on their names. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm great at this show and taking notes. Um, they're, they, they are, they do a lot of different things, whether if it's like helping protect the city from kaijus and stuff, you know, like some sort of like whatever defense force, whatever it's called, or they go, you know, they're, they're a marking duo together, whatever they do all this great stuff. And like, they even like, oh, like the father almost like kind of points out to, Gagamba is like, hey, you can't always hold your daughter back, which is, again, she's nine years old. So it's like, Gagamba, he's in a fair place to say, hey, let's not do this. Because, again, she's a literal child. So he's just being a caring father. And, you know, know, meanwhile, the other dad who has an older daughter, mind you, who's like, you know, she's not an adult, but she's like probably like 16, something like that. You know, they're off doing their things. And he's just like, yeah, you just got to let kids grow up and be kids. You can't keep them here forever. Again, she's nine years old. I mean, kids go adventuring all the time. Well, not in this case. In this case, we're actually getting a little bit of realism, which, okay, it's a little bit, that that is a kind of a nice change of pace where it's not like every other anime where you have literal nine-year-olds fighting these massive demons or whatever, saving the planet. (laughs) It's a nice change of pace to have a caring father. Why can't I go out there, Dad? Ash went out training when he was 10. And he's still 10, (laughs) and it's been 20 years. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and, you know, it does kind of tease a little bit more of like, where the father kind of stays in his stance on this, where he, you know, he comes home and you know, he's drunk and, you know, she's, you know, working up some stuff on the computers. This is after they find the map and he kind of, and she acts like she's asleep. And he basically just says like, as any father naturally would, 
I just don't want you to like grow up yet. You're nine years old. Just stay a kid a little bit longer. Like any father naturally would. So he's literally just a loving dad is all it comes down to. Uh, mother is not in the picture. Obviously that is a big mystery here that, you know, we'll see if that gets addressed. Probably she became not. a mole person. She leads the Kaijus with Kafka. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, I've called weirder stuff, so it's possible. I mean, you basically called the entire plot of Mission Yozakor family, as I explained it for the first yeah. time. Ever. It's like, oh, what? Did she give, like, special blood? Actually, yes. Oh, wait, did she do this? Actually, yes. Did she? Did they get married so the brother wouldn't kill him? Oh, yes, actually. Yeah, you did call that. Fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Um, so the end of the episode was top-tier stuff. Because when it comes to, like... Gagampa and like kind of his stance on stuff it kind of teases at a different at a couple different points like why he doesn't want her to be a marker like as if basically hinting that he was a marker right it doesn't address it straight gotcha. forward but it definitely hints at it and the end of the episode basically hammers that home because then the episode uh a pretty large kaiju bust into the city is the city's basically like surrounded by a giant dome within the underground kaiju bust in. You have like the, all the different mechs trying to fight it off and stuff. Uh, our other, you know, father daughter duo that you've come to know, you know, the daughter being very supportive of Mimpa and her dreams and everything, blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh yeah. You know, go be a rebel, go be a marker, go do your thing. In this moment, she actually acts like the older person here and says, you know, when Mimim was trying to go help and, you know, she's trying to go with her dad in this mech to go fight a kaiju, right? She, you know, she tells Mimim, no, you need to stay the fuck back and let the adults handle this. Like, so she actually takes a moment where, you know, kind of obviously hurts Mimim a little bit. And then, dude, this shot was so well animated and it caught me off guard so hardcore. I wish I had an effect that I was trying to put on the board before we started of Diaz from episode 50, where it's like, shocker, I cried. It's shocker, I fucking cried. Um, <laughs> so right as that's father and dude, they're, they're flying off in the mech, you know, he says to her, she's like, he's just like, you know, you've really grown grown up. I'm really proud of you. And she like, you know, kind of, you know, lets out a little smirk, whatever. And then it's like almost slow motion of where one side of the screen, you just see it like coming, imploding in, turning white and red. And like, you know, her eyes was closed as she was smirking. You see her eyes like slowly open as the mech fucking completely explodes from the Kaiju killing them both. And I'm just like, bro, I, I mean, I, it what's with you in choosing series that kills characters off in the very first episode? It just happens, man. I don't aim for this. It I just mean, you're happens. aiming for it this season because you're like two for three at this point. I am. It just happens. Okay. I don't know. I I mean, I guess maybe you're actually three for three because didn't something happen to the somebody in the first episode of Ghost Game 2? Uh, no one actually died. Like whenever it came to Clockmon, he basically just put people like, at a near death state because they were all shown in the hospital. It's still Digimon. It's still a kid show, so they don't they don't have the balls to actually kill someone. I mean, go look at season three. They killed a lot of people in season three. Okay, fair. Season three was very very dark, and people don't remember that. Digimon Tamers is a top tier series. It really is. Even today, I still out of all the Digimon, actually, while I am very biased towards Frontier. I would say anyone can go watch Digimon Tamers and have a fucking hell of a ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that is the number one where I recommend everyone to go watch. That was a very questionable show for kids at the age of like 10 to 12 to watch. Yes, bingo. So uh, finishing up the episode here, you know, Mimimpa's obviously just stunned at what just happened. She just watched two people she cares about very much just explode, like their mechs die from, explode from the kaiju right in front of her. You know, Gungampa, he picks her up and he's trying to run and stuff and they come to like an underground 
underground underground underground port <laughs> yeah i know yeah you come down to a little area that you can go even further underground we gotta go deeper yeah gotta go deeper boys uh and then she kind of stops on the stairs and she's very she's crying and she's emotional and this is like the first time you know you kind of acknowledge this is the first time that she's really felt this way where she literally feels as a nine-year-old would very vulnerable right but she's saying even though she feels this way and she's scared and hurt and whatever she still wants to go to this place. She still wants to explore. And she, she's like, am I crazy? And at that point, you know, you see going on, he, he's thinking about what was said to him that, Hey, you're not going to always be able to hold your kids back, whatever. So naturally his only natural response is to let her go, but he's going with her. So he, you know, picks her up again. They're running to, you know, an area he's saying that, you know, I, you know, I have to protect you. I have to protect you. You know, you are my daughter. I know I'm a lousy father, but you are still my daughter. And then, like I mentioned, when it comes to the hinting that he's maybe done this before, goes into some large garage, pulls off a giant sheet and there's one, like a marker mech and he starts turning it on. She's like, completely shocked that this is here so that to me obviously you know further says oh yeah look at that he probably was a marker and maybe something horribly tragic happened like maybe his wife died who knows we'll see if i called that i have no i haven't read the book obviously i didn't know this was a book i had to fact check it five minutes ago because i didn't know <laughs> i assumed it was a manga and i'm just like all right yeah it's a manga wait honestly the manga- it has been interesting with saga on another series a lot more light novels have been getting animated the last couple of years which is nice it is it is and and speaking of light novels uh 86 you know that is obviously a light novel series yep. it doesn't have a manga currently actually no it might have a manga now i think it might actually have a manga um but the uh, with when it comes to 86 a one has done a such a phenomenal job yes, they for have. season one. They, they've really been giving eighty six a lot of love, and I will also say, as someone who has gone through four of the light novels, eighty six um, episode thirteen is this is an episode I was actually really looking forward to because I really enjoyed this chapter. It was chapter two in light novel two. I really enjoyed it. It was just a nice, like heartwarming, like chapter of seeing these kids that have been through hell and back getting a chance to live a normal life. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the chapter and I enjoyed the episode because of that. I was very curious about it because I sort of like how they did just focus on Shen and everyone else this episode and didn't do the back and forth like he usually does. Because whenever it started and it was showing all of them um, doing different stuff, Ryzen working as a mover, um, I forget his name, the blonde kid just hanging out on parts drawing, Theo. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember everyone's names now. Anju and Karina. Anju. Kur, 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 is it Kurinai or Karina? I think it's Karina. Okay. No, it might be Kurinai. No, Kurinai was the brunette that got offed. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, they, they but she Karina. does make an appearance this episode. Yep. Um. Yeah, but Kur, Karina never looked like she was having any fun at all. Yeah, she constantly looked like she was just having a real... I mean, she's also... Um, if I remember correctly, she is the youngest of this group. I think she's the youngest, and then I yes. think it's Theo. So, I mean, she is very much just like... This is such a jarring experience for her to have such a normal kind of life. So, I mean, you're right. She looks like she's having no fun. She never looks like he's having fun, though. That You know, in his, in his case, but... I don't know, because first shot we see of him is in a library, and for... for I don't know why, but the first thing is he walks downstairs and some women are just like, oh, there he, <laughs> there is. he is. Oh, my gosh. And I'm just like, I don't know if those are older sisters or MILFs. I'm going to go with MILFs. Because <laughs> they're hanging around in a library with kids. And it's been obviously, it gets stated here momentarily that it's during regular school hours. So... Them got to be some cougars. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, I mean, overall, it was very entertaining just seeing them in this whole um, civilian life and everything. Yeah. Did have a little moment with Frederica of her seeing stuff on TV and going and find Shin <laughs> to buy crap for. I, I loved that. I really did. Her doing her whole seductive or whatever. Like, oh, please. And then I love how there's that moment of where, like, you can tell she's, like, really panicking because she doesn't know if it's going to work. <laughs> she's Yeah, because she's panicking, sort of embarrassed because she says it once, looks, says it again, and just starts turning red. <laughs> yes, and, like, steam coming out, and Shin's just got the same look of... Just staring, completely bold staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> and I even liked when uh, he met... Um, Eugene, uh, yeah, at the library, and he's just like, "Oh, your little sister? No way." <laughs> yes, <laughs> no chance. Just completely denying it. <laughs> and I assume Eugene's going to become somewhat important by the fact that it took time to introduce him, have several scenes with him, and mention that he's going to this officer mil- uh, academy. Yeah, he is going to be a, a focus here for this season too, um, as well as. You know, you know, as well as his little sister, to a point, uh, they're both going to be focuses in in different capacities. Okay, but yeah, I mean, overall, it was very entertaining than seeing the just resignation of each of them going. Yeah, we've been here too long. Yeah, it's just like uh, you know, because you know, I, it even kind of teased early in the episode with Shin, where he kind of has a moment. He's just like, I've been relaxing too long, or yeah. whatever, whatever he says. I don't remember the line, but I mean, it is an enjoyable episode just because, like you said, it, you didn't see everyone live like that civilian life, live a normal life. Raiden's got a job, like you mentioned. You know, Theo getting kind of really blown away about cell phones and making a joke that they're really inconvenient because he, you know, normally you just go just swipe the pair, whatever the pair rate, yeah, the pair rate, and just talk to him that way. But I mean, overall, I. I, you know, it's just a simple episode, but it was very good. It was very necessary. And then obviously with the end of the episode with Frederica, where, you know, mentioned, you know, she points out to, you know, to Raiden and, you know, Shin's brother, whatever. And Raiden's like, how did you know about that? And she's like, yikes, my bad. Didn't mean let that slip, which also, I love that scene so much. It was, it was, it was a lot funnier when I, when I listened to it in, in the light novel, Mm -hmm. where Raiden's just like, you better be glad that I was here because if Shin was here, you'd been bucked. (laughs) I, you know, when it came to, you know, uh, him cooking her food, whatever, because I know in the light novel, he actually goes into details, the same details we've been explained before, which is like, yeah, Shin just doesn't care. You'll find like eggshells in it, you know, too much seasoning. Like Shin doesn't care. So you better be glad that I was here to cook for you and not him because that's just a nightmare. Um, but you know, when it comes to Frederica and, you know, she did drop that little bit of a hint to, to Raiden about, you know, Shin's brother. And then, you know, towards the end, she explains to all of them that she has the ability to see in someone's past or future, uh, when it comes to their lives, which is how she saw about Shin's brother. And basically, you know, once they all kind of decide that they want to enlist in the military and, you know, they were saying this to Ernest and Ernest's one condition was to go through the officer Academy, Yeah, which, okay, fair. Um, and when it came to that, that's when she revealed that, you know, she is the, like the last empress of Jihad and that, you know, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's, 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 that's where I was about to, can, I was about to repeat myself on, on the, uh, on the vision thing. But yeah, no, she announced to them that she's the last empress and she's the yes. one that gave the Legion the command to invade yes. and all of them going, how old were you when you were like 10? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like 10 years ago. What were you doing? How did you give an order? And all of them just people like, well, you're not the one that really ruined our lives. It's the um, Federacy who... The Republic. The Republic, yeah, who sent them out there to fight the entire time. And just Frederica going, well, if y'all are going, take me with you. And just ask Shin to help him, help her kill her knight. Yep. Who she says 
is apparently the legion that was shooting artillery at them. Yeah, it was the it was the shepherd that uh, that did attack them at the end of season one. You know, you get the tease for it at the end of uh, season one as well, confirming the season two. And she just asked them like, "Hey, please help me out. You know, you 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 did your thing and killed your brother. Please help me in this situation." And uh, it'll be it'll be. I'm really excited to see that plot continue to be explored uh, as time goes on because you find out so much more about. The, that night and that character and Frederica and her past and, and you know, just other characters past. And it, it, it's, I'm really excited for everything to come for that with this season. I uh, assume she just becomes a mascot character from the fact that they're sending a 10 year old to go to military training. Bingo. Like the exact word mascot is hundred percent the word used. Like she is literally <laughs> the mascot of the team. Like once they have, um, cause, uh, so basically the way that, uh, that our, our main characters go is they go from one strike package that they're just like members of, but like, you know, important members of to another strike package later where they're like shins once again, the captain of, mm -hmm. and she's just the mascot for both of them. <laughs> like that's literally her role in this is just to be the mascot. She just rolls up on Fido's head. <laughs> yes, basically. Okay. <laughs> basically. Uh, so, Talk up Destiny episode two. Uh, this was a this was a, a very necessary episode because yes. it answers a lot of questions about how we kind of got to the point that we are, uh, especially in terms of like corset, how she's like basically robotic. I was not looking forward to this episode because, like, because the, the episode opens with a whole um, tax father dying in the initial tax of D two and just showing the initial carnage of it and that. Um, them banning music across the country and whatnot. And just then it goes into the goes ahead in time where Tax just playing piano in his garage and Cosette opens the door and I'm just like, that's not the same character. Yeah, I said the same thing. I was just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw that I was sick. I'm not going to like this. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing, dude. Like, the whole episode, I was just sitting there. I'm like, all right, when's the doom coming? Because <laughs> yeah. there's doom coming in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, overall, it was very good. Just Because, as you said, this was very much unnecessary. Because it really... We got a nice introduction to each of the characters in the world in the first episode. But the second episode really gives us more of what their um, personalities and characteristics are. Mm-hmm. It's nice to know that regardless of what happens, Tag literally just cares about playing music. That's it. Yeah. Even in, even before everything that happens. Because that's much more of an interesting character, though, knowing um, how she was during this time and stuff. Of course, that. Because that? Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Because okay. Yeah. Um, and her taking care of Tag with Anne mm -hmm. and everything. And I'm just watching over him and just how throughout this entire episode, she's consciously pushing him to co out and play music in public and everything Yeah, to the point where <clears throat> she steals his damn piano. <laughs> yeah. So he can't play at home. Also, one of my favorite shots in this episode is this man goes from a fucking shit to just because he heard music playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he heard his piano playing. He went from taking a fatty shatty to going and seeing what was going on. My piano is more important than my pants. <laughs> yes. I love that shot. That shot was hilarious. Yeah, you're right. She literally steals his damn piano to bring it to a festival and, you know, assuming that he'll obviously come, yeah. you know, to play music, you know, because yeah, that's all he cares about. And his piano got taken out of his garage. You know, it was pretty entertaining because like, because there's a whole scene before that during the rain where Cosette uh, shows up to tact and talk, talk to him um, when it's raining and whatnot and just going on a whole how she feels 
talking to him about what's he going to do when no one's there to take care of him. Basically. Yeah. Take care of him and play it. And no one else can hear his music and everything, which was also really nice because right before that, we also had the nice imagery of him playing and just sort of it coinciding with, I guess his father, when his father yeah, was conducting. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I gotta say this series has amazing shots in imagery for me. Mm-hmm. Cause like even after the first couple scenes after, Cosette and Anne came and took care of Tact and they left. And just seeing Cosette play keys on the uh, car's window in the same oh, yeah. way that he did in the first episode, which is great imagery to me of just these, the two of them are very much in sync in some form. And just the entire episode during that, them talking <clears throat> during the rain and everything really pushed that are just these two in a way really un- understand each other in some form or fashion. Yeah, true, true. And then also, you know, further kind of pushing the narrative of these two being really close or whatever potential, like I, you know, I'd say potential romance, yeah. or, you know, definitely being teased there was the was the fantastic, you know, scene of, of them playing music together, you know, in, in at the festival. Initially, mm-hmm. it was just him playing and then she joined in and they were just like, you know, rocking and rolling. Everyone was getting on board with it. That was that was great. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, no, that was a great like several minutes of just the just the background because it was just music in the background sound just animation was done very well as yep. good as well and i did you notice the necklace uh what hers yeah 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 because well during that piano scene if you're watching when they're playing piano it starts glowing oh yeah i did yeah. see that yeah yep yeah as soon as it started glowing I went well shit yeah I, you know throughout this whole thing it's like such a great moment whatever i'm sitting there saying i'm like the doom is coming. <laughs> the doom is coming. Because I thought that was a really nice touch of just as they're finishing up that performance, the jewel, the necklace around her neck just starts glowing and it just stays glowing and actually starts getting brighter through the rest of the, se- the mm-hmm. episode there until the unfortunate, the D2 show up and attack and just, yep. l- I guess she has some connection or whatnot because she felt it because right before that D2 drops, she pulls shit out of the way uh, talk. or tacked. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, you can see she sort of reacts. And if you look quick enough, she slightly pulls him off stage with her and everything. And then we have the unfortunate thing of she unfortunately dies. Rip. And uh, attacks and loses his arm. And that little necklace reacts to him of saying that bring her back. And there's some weird fire spirit that comes out of it. Yeah, that was very strange. That was very strange. Yeah. Now, with the necklace, did did she happen to mention, or am I making this up, that the necklace came from her mother? No, she did not specifically say okay. that. But whenever uh, she first mentions how she learned to play piano, it was from her mother. She actively grabs the necklace, very much hinting that it came from her mother. Makes sense. It okay. didn't, didn't outright say it, but... Very much hinted that it was some sort of memento from her mother. So you think that like fire spirit was like her mom or something? I don't know, because it hasn't really explained what the whole powers that the Musarchs are. Very true. Very true. Because even in the initial description was just... And then the Musarchs showed up with the power to fight. So I don't know exactly what it is. It's definitely some weird contract that he unfortunately signed that to revive... Cosette, how she is, it required his arm, yeah. his payment. Yeah, because when it came to the arm thing, like his arm was like badly like 
hurt in this situation. Oh, it was completely gone. Yeah, like it, I mean, it was it was useless at that point. So then, whenever uh, you know he kind of like got the contract, that's when you see like her start to like almost like lift lift up like something you'd see off Paranormal Activity or something. Yeah. The row, you know, the the rose uh, uh, thorns, whatever, get wrapped around mm-hmm. his arm, which rips his arm off. You see blood just kind of. Poof, splatter out and then you see the core set that we got to know in episode one with like the kick-ass outfit looks super clean but at this point she's like robotic like yeah com- she's almost, completely like, emotionless yeah completely emotionless and then gives him the wand and i do have a beef with the ending this episode i'm not going to dive into it horribly just mostly because we're 47 minutes in okay but I, I i just personally was not a huge fan of the way the episode ended i, I don't feel like it made a lot of sense from a human standpoint no matter who you were but I mean, oh, but I, I mean, I can excuse it because, like I told Zach before we even started, the rest of this episode was fantastic. I did just think the ending was dumb, but everything else was incredible. And I, um, with the next episode as well, I, I do hope maybe not even the next episode, but over the next few episodes, like like what you were saying, how we've gotten no explaining about the Muzark. I, hopefully, we get more on that because I I'm very curious of these powers. Yeah, and I'm I'm assuming we're going to see more. Muzark, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, because in the opening, it showed off at least two others. And then in this episode, it actually introduces the Grand Maestro Sagan, who I, it didn't say yeah, it, but yeah, I assume yeah. leads the New York Symphonia. Uh, that'd be my assumption as well. That's right. He was, he was shown in this episode. I forgot about that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, overall, very good episode. This yes, is this is a good series so far. To, um, do we, again, didn't look this up. Do we know, is this, uh, does this come from a manga? Or is this a book? I'm going to go say novel. Light novel? Okay. Because I don't remember ever coming across a manga like this, but hey, who knows? Okay. Uh, and also, shout out, to, I don't know if you saw this. I just uh, reported this in, I think, I think the second episode of Anime Plus News. This episode was done by MAPPA. First episode was done by Madhouse. They switched. I think so. Oh, I didn't notice. I mean, I saw Mappa's signature on yeah. uh, this, but I didn't think of it because the, the series was originally announced at a uh, Mappa event, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it was with a uh, collaboration of, of Madhouse. And I just assumed they'd work on every episode together. No, apparently what it's going to be is like they'll each just take an episode. Because I, I saw I saw that news after episode one came out that Madhouse did the first one. The second one's going to be Mappa. And I'm like, huh. That'll be very interesting to see the contrast between episodes. That explains why there was so much more action in the first episode. <laughs> because of Madhouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be very... I, that's one thing that I am kind of going you know, to be very curious about this entire season is the contrast between the two studio episodes. You know what I mean? I know, I'm also wondering how they're going to do it. Are they just going to like one take even, one take odd numbers? Like I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, Platinum Man episode two. Uh, again, sucks that this episode comes out so damn late on Thursday. Yeah. Where Zach's usually off. Like I'd say nine times out of ten, so it's easy for you. It just kind of sucks so late in the afternoon. I'm not, so it's just like hopefully I'm going to always get to it. But I could see this being like a Dr. Stone situation where I might miss an episode or two. Um, But you finally got a chance to check out episode one because you didn't get to last week. Mm -hmm. What was your thoughts on episode one, and what's your thoughts on two? Are you you into this series? Because I love it. I think this is going to be, you know, besides like maybe some of the the obvious ones, I think this is going to be like potentially the best series out of this fall. I mean, I'm definitely interested. I'm curious to see where it goes, considering it was done by the uh, Death Note creator originally. True. And, um, I mean, I am interested in it, um, characters-wise and everything, because we have our guy who wants to be normal with his angel that wants nothing more than make to make make him happy, whatever that it requires. <laughs> if he wants to go out and murder the world, she'd be down for it. Yeah, fire them white arrows. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got an edge lord. Yep. <laughs> 
That's all I could think of when he showed up with his arm. I was like, oh, God, it's an edgelord. Metropolium. Yeah. Metropolium, yeah. Yeah. Full CGI for that. Yep. Yeah. Looked okay. It was all right. Yeah. It, didn't, mean, it didn't look as good as... Uh, can't, I'm drawing a uh, blank on his name, but uh, is it just Arsenal? Is that Weiss's? Yes. Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal, that CGI looked great. Yeah. It fit in right in. But Yeah. This one very much stood out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was mostly all right for the most part, but whenever it entered a scene, it was very noticeable. Yes. And um, so we got our Edgelord. We got our Lazy Angel, who's already gone back. Yeah, we we already lost one of the one of the candidates. Yeah, and I'm assuming when it came to, I mean, this angel, you know, he. So the episode started where you got to introduce to God. It was it was a silhouette of him. Uh, you didn't get to actually necessarily hard see him, but you get to see God. How he says like he's done everything he can to protect Earth, keep it peaceful, whatever. His time zone was up. He's like, you thirteen angels, you're selected. You know, you have nine hundred ninety nine days to basically get the next God selected. And it was a nice touch that it only had lines from. Our angel we already knew about, yeah. plus the two that get shown. Yeah, exactly. Those are the only ones that actually give any sort of notice. And then when it comes to the one that you referenced, the lazy one, even he mentions right there, he's thinking to himself, he's like, I mean, what can I do with only a red arrow? I just want to get this over with. <laughs> and he's just like, I know I'm not going to win. Like, even, fuck it. even when he rolls back up to wherever they are, the other angel's like, weren't you chosen to? Yeah, it's already over, but that's what I wanted. But the guy that took my candidate out is interesting. Freaking edgelord. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the uh, Metropolium who has a white arrow because that was shown at the end of last episode. Yeah, where you know he busts into the car and this dude, you know, he's got a, he's got a whole plethora of women with him because that's all he's got is the red arrow, which makes people fall in love with you. And he, you know, he's about to fire the red arrow at him to try to get him to back off, and the, he sees a white arrow. He's like, "Oh shit, a white arrow, insta kill." Um, but I mean, I I personally really enjoyed this second episode as well, just introducing further like where we're going with the 13 candidates getting mm-hmm. introduced to who is going to ultimately be like our main and i'd say antagonist for this i mean he's on the poster for god's sake yeah i mean it's like this is going to be our main focused character throughout this whole thing he does have wings he does have a white arrow which means he is with a special a special rank angel yes which as soon as he notices this he asks is uh is it nice Yes. Nice. Yeah, he asks Nice about that, and she's like, yeah, I'm assuming he's got to have a special rank. And then it was also nice to have that quick breakdown of angel ranks where it's like Mm -hmm. special rank's going to have all three. Uh, The next rank is going to have what? Just wings and a red arrow? Yes. And then the last rank, the B ranks, is going to have wings or a red arrow, which I'm assuming our lazy guy was probably the B rank. No, yeah, he was second rank, and I think she actually said only red arrow. I, I'm pretty sure it was or okay. yeah it was or you could have one or the other gotcha. like and for, for the angel themselves whatever it was only one or the other but uh, or well maybe it's not the angel but it's like um, you know who they're giving it to I promise it said or though because okay. that, that was the first thing I noticed I was like okay or got it because it, it still showed the, the wings and the red arrow symbols so it was nice to get that little breakdown of the different angel ranks and further explain that oh sometimes an A can get dropped down to a B sometimes an A can get dropped up to a you know special rank it just depends so she guesses there's probably three, including her, but could be four later. Uh, who knows? Now, I did love the ending. The ending gave me a little bit of a chuckle. I'm not going to lie, uh, which is whenever, um, you know, he is going to school mm-hmm. and he's walking. He sees the angel up in the air. He's just like, oh, shit. It's like, well, nice isn't with me. Act normal. Just walk past it like it's no big deal. And it just flies in front of him and stares at him like, what's up, bro? What you staring at? I'm like... <laughs> I, I got to laugh out of that personally because the angel was, was his back was turned as well. So like, yeah. he didn't necessarily, I guess, see him but the next thing, you know, just whoop, 
just pops up right in front of him. Yeah, but it had a little moment right there of where it had the angel's energy signal and then had some like energy pulls off of him mm-hmm. at the angel fell and just like, check this one out. And instead of being completely normal and continue walking, he freaks out and stares directly into his eyes. Yes, yes, as he's sitting there right in front of him. <laughs> He had, he had his chance, and he messed it up. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, man, I really enjoy Platinum Man. And and doubling back to uh, Sakugan from earlier, really enjoyed that one, too. Out of all the new series, not counting, like, Demon Slayer or, or 86, Platinum Man would probably easily be my favorite, and then Sakugan, and then probably you know, Move Love. I still got to check out Build Divide and uh, Digimon. I mean, it's Digimon, you know. It's got an interesting twist, but yeah. Platinum Man and Sakugan are really good. Um, so how's your meme? How's Dragon Quest episode 52? I mean, so... So Dragon Quest 51 was the sacrifice episode where everyone had to sacrifice themselves. everyone had to do something. 52 was the family episode where I'm surprised Dominic Toretto didn't show up (laughs) because it has a whole moment of Dai and Baron being antagonistic to each other. Then as they're leaving to go on their mission... For some stupid reason, they're on a rock by themselves away from everyone, not facing each other back to back, just staring off. Just like, okay, y'all could have literally done this anywhere, but y'all purposely have to be away from everyone else. But they have a whole moment by themselves over there where it dies. Just like, how was, who was my mother? And Barn goes, she was the greatest woman in the world, son. (laughs) (laughs) And more or less, they had this like bonding moment of die asking about his mother and Baron being able to talk about it and everything. They go underwater to find the entrance to the palace. Um, okay. I said this was the family episode. I was wrong. This was the family episode except for Hunkel. Hunkel had to have a teenage drama moment to take up the last half of this series or episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Diane Barr, I'm going to do their thing. Uh, Crocodile, Pop, and Ma'am go to uh, fight the Royal Knights. And when they get there and land... Ma'am, uh, Pop notices that Gome, the little golden slime thing, is yeah. on uh, Ma'am's body, hiding in her ass, <laughs> literally <laughs> hiding there. Because <laughs> he's looking at her like, you look off, Ma'am. And she's just like, what? And just he's going around her looking, and just finally he just pokes her in the butt. <laughs> and, <laughs> it little, and there's a little jiggle, and Gome claw- climbs all the way through her <laughs> clothes, comes out her... Uh, cleavage and just like what are you doing there why are you here and <laughs> Carter I just going huh surprised you could knew go could tell Goma is just like oh her butt was a little bigger than usual and just gets beat <laughs> by ma'am and Crocodile just laughing oh it's nice you two can be so close if you ever get married we know who's going to be uh, the head of this relationship and both of them denying it and just Crocodile be like ah, ha, ha. if we survive this I'm gonna go find me a wife <laughs> I was just like you old bastard <laughs> And they have that whole moment, then they go fight, they encounter the royals, royal knights, and then they have a whole moment of just like, where's Bishop? And Bishop's down guarding the gate and fights Barn and die. And there's a whole nother moment there of um, him being rage-induced because he got blinded by Baron and showing off that the royal knights, for some reason, are gaining emotion when they're not supposed to have emotion. Uh, so there's a nice little underwater scene there of those three fighting. Then we have Hunkul and um, I forget what they're called, but one of the like pretty much three sages of Pamnika Kingdom. Her name's Amy. It's been going on this whole thing that Amy's in love with Hunkul, and so those two have to have a whole drama, mo- teenage drama moment during the family episode because Hunkul's 
been beat to hell. He pretty much should have died, but he lived because anime. Um, <laughs> and um, she's all upset. She's like, it's a good thing this happened. He doesn't need to go fighting and get himself killed anymore. He thinks no one will care, but I'll care. Yada, yada, yada. Bull crap. After everyone leaves, Hyun Cool wakes up and he's just like, where's everyone? They went to fight. Get me my, where's my spear? And she's just going on, I threw it away. And I immediately went, <laughs> I honestly didn't care about her character. She's been such a so nine. I was like, she's a love interest of Hunkle. Cool. Then she said, I threw your spear away. And I went, that bitch. <laughs> you know, the first thing I think of is fucking the, the Frozone thing from Incredibles. Like, where's my super suit? <laughs> where's my spear? <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. And it has a whole moment of Hunkle, her just trying to stop Hunkle and be like, be away, Tot. Grabs his arm, walks off, and ends up at the beach. And she chases him, this whole thing down, and everything. They have a whole moment. He just walks away, and she runs up behind him and grabs him. She's like, I love you. He's just like, but I have places to be. <laughs> and this whole teenage drama, she's like, but I don't want you to die. It doesn't matter. I've felt guilt all this time from fighting Ivan and all these other disciples and things I've done with them. If I die on the battlefield for them, I'll be fulfilled. And he sort of walks away again. And he's just like, I haven't told anyone else that but you. <laughs> and then naturally, the spear just shows up in the beach. It's like perfectly just stabbed in the sand. And her just going, why is that here? Why is that here? I threw that away in the forest. And Hugo just like, my friend is calling me. Grabs his spear, transforms. She's on the ground crying. She's just like. Then he tells her the whole thing of, I've never told anyone else that. And then flies off. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, Hunkle, during the whole wholesome family episode, you had to have this. Damn it all. Fuck off, Yagelor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really how it ends. It just ends up with a ends with the underwater scene, and that fight's pretty pointless, apparently, because the episode preview just straight up says, and then they defeat the bishop and carry on uh, inside the palace. Like, what was the point of this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, since no Josh, no One Piece, because Zach and I sure shit ain't going to watch it. Nope. I did that one time, just, I guess, I felt I felt the need to do it. I don't feel the need to do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is what it is, man. I'm reading it. That's enough. That's all you're getting out of me. I read 940-something chapters in less than two weeks. All right? Shoot, sure, that's jump change. Fuck you. That's, that's a loss for me. <laughs> and then it took me, like, what, three, four, maybe five months to finish the remaining, like, 40 that I was behind on because I was just so burnt out. But what was your favorite episode of the week that you got to watch? My favorite episode, uh, probably 86, actually. Really? Uh, I, I'm probably going to go with 86, but probably a close second's going to be Sokka Gone. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, that was probably my favorite overall episode. Favorite scene was probably the piano playing and talked up. All right, that's fair. My my favorite scene is still the fucking toilet thing. <laughs> <laughs> this fan goes straight from a cold blood shit. You know, it's just running. The one thing I noticed about the scene is so it took a lot of time in that because if you watch whenever he gets up, there's a nice swirl in the toilet of it flushing that someone had to take time to animate. And it was done very well in detail that it is a clear, clean flush. Oh, dude, I'm fucking stupid. Yeah, 86, though. I have a feeling that, uh, especially with what's to come with 86 this season, 
I definitely think the 86 is going to be like how it was when it was going Probably. on for us where like every week I'm sitting here saying, yep, 86 favorite episode. Yep. 86. Cause it was like almost every week. Yeah. I think after the second or third episode on everything after that, it was my favorite episode for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. I love it, man. It, it, it it's wild to me how quickly that series became one of my favorite series of all time. Like it, it broke into top 10 for sure. I mean, easily. It's a very good series. Well, very well written. Yeah. Characters are very enjoyable. And I, I, I can't tell you now that I've like you know really experienced more of it going through four light novels on the fifth. I need to pick it back up sometime soon. I was about to say because seven just came out the last a month or two ago, right? Yeah, seven hasn't been out that long. But like with you know seeing everything that happens in there and just like learning more about the series and just honestly seeing sales of the series. I mean, it's not bad, but it's like, I I saw recently like, you know, top selling light novels in Japan. It wasn't even the top 30, like the latest volume wasn't or whatever. It makes me happy to see a one giving it so much love because they're, they're, they're really treating it. They're giving it its it's justice. And that's really cool to me. Um, All right. So let's go to our manga ratings for the week. I will say there are a handful of series that I did not read some of the lower tier, shonen jump series in my mind that kind of are always on the chopping block for me uh, it is what it is man okay <laughs> uh one piece 1028 Whew, i don't know I'm, I'm very indifferent with the, the how the ending went with with sanji there was a, a, a setup for sanji that i'm very indifferent about and i'm also curious of josh's thoughts on that is he gonna get gender bent again not that okay but you could say bent. That is that is a word that you could say is bent. Batman. <laughs> I don't know. I'll give okay. it. I'll give it a, a seven. I guess I'm very indifferent about this potential ability he has. Uh, My Hero Academia three twenty nine seven. Uh, I'd give this one a seven. Uh, but <laughs> Star and Stripe. Fuck the quirk. Her quirk is so fucking stu- stupid. And it's so funny. It's so fitting for America <laughs> with America's history. It really is. Um, Black Clover 308. I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know how to feel about that. It makes sense. Let me go ahead and say that. It makes sense with you know. Let's be real. It does. Think about where we are. You know, it does make sense because of who he is. But I don't know how I feel about it. I mean. It was nifty. Yeah. I give the overall chapter a five. Ooh, okay. That's all right. As again, I've sort of lost interest in Black Clover. I mean, this it, arc has been kind of rough. It has been sort of rough. I think once it's all out and see, because they have finally said that this is the sort of finishing up of the series, right? No, no, that has not been. Confirmed. Oh, they still haven't That's said just that? our assumption. Okay. It, it feels like in game vibes. Yeah. Once we had the Noel thing happen, all of us were just like, okay, that's massive in game vibes. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like once this entire arc we're going through is officially out and people can read just straight through it, it might be better off. But as of right now, I mean, I go into each chapter and go, I don't remember what happened last week. Yeah, I agree. I'd probably say a six for me. (sighs) Dr. Stone, 213. Woo! Alex is on my train of bullshit now. I am, yeah. I'm officially on the train. The, mo- the Okay, the moment they built a TV in one single panel, I, at that moment, I literally put my phone down and I said, I'll pick this chapter back up later. Like, <laughs> I, I, I did. It took me probably about four or five hours to go back and finish reading the chapter because I thought that's so stupid. Like, Jesus, the shit they're building right now. Like, And it was confirmed that Dr. Stone is now in its final arc. Yes. Uh, it's its final phase, whatever that is, confirmed. 
And Jesus, is it noticeable because they're not taking the time to build stuff like we got to experience early on, which made the show very interesting to watch. Uh, this chapter, I'm going to give it like a four. They're now just going, people need, we have a lot of people. They need entertainment. Build a TV, damn it. Basically, I'm going to give this one a four. This is dumb. I'm surprised they didn't make a broadcasting studio, too. I know. I know. That would be the next Nope. Thing. Instead, they imported a computer. Yep. That has the same computing power as an NES. Yes. Yeah, I'm giving it a four. Eh, five. Uh, JJK, 162. I'll give it a seven. Uh, seven as well. Mission Unit's core family, 101. Uh, probably uh, nine. Flirting with a nine or an eight. We'll go with nine. First thought, best thought. Uh, Undead Unlock, 82. Give that one a nine. Uh, Mashal, 81. Probably give this one an eight. I'll give it an eight. Uh, Sakamoto Days, 42. I'm going to give it an eight. Eight as well. Uh, I, jo- I very much enjoyed the whole thing of they address. What happens to scenes where fights have been had? Oh, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They have freaking pretty much in-search roll-up and clean up the mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're about to get into the stretch of chapters that did not make my my, my cut this week. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Elusive Samurai 35. Uh, freaking nine. Really? You should have read this. It was very entertaining. I, You know what's sad is I, I stone-cold debated about reading it earlier when I was power reading a couple series mm-hmm. uh, for prep for the show, uh, and that was one that I was like, ah, no, I'm going to go read this instead. This was a very entertaining of... Battle of Words. Okay. Uh, what about Witch Watch 33? Uh, I'll give it a six. I f- it did Dropping an- off. It did another one shot, but it this one actually seemed to pertain more to keeping a consistent story rather than just being, hey, we're doing this this chapter. Fair. Blue Box 24. Uh, I would give this one probably an eight. I'll give it an eight as well. Red Hood 14. Six. Uh, that's, and that feeling is why I didn't. That's not one of the ones I picked up. <laughs> I mean, they finally finished the workshop. Oh, fuck, Jesus. <laughs> Nero 13. Uh, I'm honestly not sure because, I mean, this was a big setup in this episode to get ready for our upperclassmen to beat people with a j- jitten. I, I, I pronounced that wrong, but that weird, pretty much a baton that has that extra piece on it. Oh, yeah. I'll give it a seven. Uh, what about uh, P6, chapter four? Eight. Okay. That'll be interesting to read then. My Hero Vigilantes, 111. I'm going to give this one a nine, actually. It's been a while since I've given Vigilante a nine. But uh, so I was actually two chapters behind on this uh, going into 111 today. Mm-hmm. And because I, I just said, oh, I'll just jump into 111 real quick because I'm the only one reading it. Do a quick. Then reading. did you have no context? It, bingo. <laughs> like the very first page had the return of a character that has been gone for a fucking hot minute. Like the first page is him. Like, okay, hold on. Let's go back to 110. <laughs> did you hit it and go, your ass is dead? No, it's not that he's dead. It's just he's been like, he just left. He's like, oh, right, okay. bye guys. It's, I'm leaving everything to you. I'm old. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> so it was cool to see him come back. And he, and he put a fucking beat down on. Mind you, this character is quirkless. And he he put a beat down on this guy. Is he, is he uh, from Lethal Weapon? He might as well be. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll go ahead and say, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people are listening to this show that actually read Vigilantes, but it's, uh, I forgot his actual name because it's been so long since he's been in the series, like probably like God, 40, 50 chapters. Oh, dang. Uh, but his, like his, 
vigilante name was Knuckle Duster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Knuckle Duster. He has brass knuckles and yes. he just beats the shit yes. out of you. <laughs> no, he he used to be a hero and he used to have a quirk and his quirk was taken from him. Gotcha. And and you see his quirk appear throughout this series with another character. Uh, his hero name was, I believe it was Overclock because of what his quirk was. Uh, but he is quirkless, which it was really interesting to see, find out when he was quirkless because like he was almost kind of like, it, it, there was kind of like a misunderstanding, wrong place, wrong time thing where, mm-hmm. you know, Oswald was just kind of out vibing off the clock and he thought this guy was causing some ruckus. So he goes to use, you know, his quirk on him and then Oswald realizes that he's quirkless and he's just like, oh, wait, never mind. My bad. My fault. Don't worry about it, dude. You're good. So at that moment, you find out he's quirkless and he's just a fucking hard ass. He's kind of <laughs> like Obi in Fire Force where Obi doesn't have powers, yeah. but Obi's a badass. Yeah. It's the same thing. So Knuckle Duster made a return and beat the shit out of this guy. And I was just like, let's go. Let's go. I guess I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> Basically. And he even yes. looks more rugged, too. Like, he has, like, a big beard now. He still has, like, the same bandana over his head where you can only see his eyes. Big old trench coat, you know, wrapped up, like, Rock League-like type of bandages. Oh. And then just the brass knuckles and just beats the shit out of you. <laughs> it's fantastic. The guy goes to shoot him. Goes to shoot Knuckle Duster. And he just, like, completely dodged like it's nothing i'm like oh is that all you got <laughs> beat him more. Uh, so i'd give it a nod man it was really good and the ending was a very interesting like oh no let's see what happens uh kaju number eight chapter 47 i'll give it an eight i give it an a as well uh dan dan 28 i'd give this one a seven personally tokyo avengers 226 well these characters are badasses yeah <laughs> um it's a big buildup for a fight. Yep. So seven. Seven as well. Uh, Eden zero one sixty three. This is actually a really good chapter, honestly. I'm very confused why <laughs> every time Shiki fights the big bad, they have to fuck him up really bad. Right. Like it's a bit more excessive than other animes. <laughs> like more or less. Because it's anime, he doesn't die, but they all straight up almost pretty much kill him. Including one time. <laughs> yes. It's like, Shiki gets it pretty bad for an MC. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a seven. Uh, I'll give this one an eight, honestly. Um, to Your Eternity, 150.5. This is one of the ones I didn't I didn't make. Um, I'll give it a seven. It was wholesome. I'm tired of these fucking point chapters with Two Year Eternity. <laughs> I, it's going to continue forever, man. I know. It's I mean, Two Year Eternity. Uh, seven other sins four nights the apocalypse chapter 35 i'd give this one a seven cell leveling 169 it did come out right yes okay it did I, finally come out I, I, unfortunately i missed i forgot about it uh how'd it go uh i'll give it a seven uh what about we care 159 oh hmm. uh, yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah we were waiting for this that that perfect why do you think i locked the door <laughs> just wolf freaking love wolf just gets your first grabs him continues to beat a guy in the face the dude's two cronies start hitting him, and Wolf just shrugging off and just keeps hitting the guy. One of them finally gets a good hit, and he just turns to him, wait your turn. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I, I pointed one scene out to you where it's like Wolf just got punched in the face, and he has like the most unamused look where it's just like, well, that was a minor inconvenience. Yes. <laughs> I'd give this one a nine. And then just Jake himself just sort of going up and just be like, I don't know why you're here. Basically. <laughs> they are, both these two are completely unconcerned about this entire fight. <laughs> Neither of them have any stake in it other than these guys are in their way. Let's just put them on the ground. Basically. Yeah, I'd give it a nine. I'd give it a nine as well. Uh, LC at 133. 
I give it an eight. Okay. Uh, favorite chapter of the week? Weak hero. Uh, weak hero, or honestly, probably for the first time ever, I think, My Hero Vigilante. The return of Knuckle Duster, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not kidding, man. I opened, I opened 111 just to try to power through it. I just see Knuckle Duster standing on top of a building, and he's walking upstairs. He talks about how his knee hurts. It's in a brace. He's got a <laughs> fucked up knee, and he's just like, oh, my knee's hurt a little bit more than usual today. Mm. And I'm just like, whoa, bro, you're back. Hold on. I got to go back to 110 now. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm either Weak Hero or My Hero Vigilante. But Undead Unluck and Mission Yozakor family was really good as well. The retirement party you never knew you needed. I know. <laughs> Just him beating the shit out of this guy like it's nothing. Oh, it was great, dude. I loved it. All right. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, right. Any last thoughts? Any, any comments? Last comments about anything? No, not any really last comments other than just like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help if you are watching this on YouTube and you want to be so kind as hit that subscribe button. It's mostly very much appreciated. If you actually want to know whenever we upload anything, whether it be videos, uh, Alex forcing his co-host at Terrible Football Show to drink chili dog flavored G4. I didn't you force hit, him. You can hit that notification bell and you'll see it every time it pops up. <laughs> I want to give him a shout out because that dude is a dumbass. Like, all right, so when they came, he was trying to get some G Fuel to go, right? And uh, I was like, well, you can try Chili Dog. He's like, oh, dude, oh, look at this shaker. It's so cool, whatever. He's like, all right, fuck it, whatever. I'm like, wait, what? This dude is such an idiot, but I love him to death. I love you, Todd. You're a great guy. He actually started listening to Animan Plus. Oh, did he? Just to be supportive, kind of like cool. you did for uh, Terrible Football Show. And I, as soon as he told me that, I, I immediately responded with, you have no idea what we're talking about, do you? He's like, he nope. He said yes. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. But yeah, do everything that Zach said and more. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Especially, you know, we have started the Anime Plus News that goes up every single Monday at 7 a.m. Standard Time, where you get all the latest news in anime, manga, and webtoon, as well as personally my favorite part, which is manga sales. I do break that down every single week. Uh, but until next time, guys, hopefully you have a good one. See you. Bye.